Welcome to this happy podcast. I'm your host, Matt Palmer, joined by my fellow hosts, John Grasso and Paul Jarzembowski. Get your ears on. Tonight, we're discussing our picture-perfect Disney Park memories with our favorite keepsakes. Everyone's got one, right? We'll discuss that. But first, let's discuss what's making us happy this week. Fellas, how you doing? Doing great. Doing great, especially because Paul has to go first. Yes. You got this, Paul. I believe in you. Well, this one's easy. I can tell you what's making me happy in Disney this week. That I can do. Well, let us have it. But the main topic, let me just say, no, please Paul do. doesn't have his main topic choice nailed down yet because there's just too many. <laughs> too many He's options. Gonna, and Paul, you can't the do the thing. You can't do the thing where, well, you know, I had this runner up and this runner up and this runner up. And this is sort of, it's a tie. I don't know. It's a tie. <laughs> no, you have to pick one or two things. <laughs> oh, or two. I like you giving me an I'll give you two because I figured the alternative is seven. Well, so, you're, you're, you'd be right. So just as a reminder for the audience, Paul has to go first both times. No pressure. This is, this is like, this is like podcasting equivalent of like hazing here. Like, you know, and my brothers are like saying, you got to go first, man. Like it or not. All right, fine. All right. So I'm sorry. Go me, first. All right. So one of my, what so this we're now in the pre-Christmas time frame. So we have got advent calendars all over the place. And one of my favorites is the Star Wars Galactic Advent Calendar. So every day um, you have different things that um, come up, uh, including coasters. Uh, this one here is a coaster for Happy, uh, happy, happy Life Day. Um, uh, and you've got several other things, ornaments, uh, little books. There's one that has recipes for the cantina and lyrics to the songs that you can sing in the cantina during Christmas. So it's every day. It's a different thing. Uh, you get uh, had little buttons, um, uh, just all kinds of neat, neat little toys and little fun things. So every day uh, we've got different advent calendar in the house, but this one's kind of fun because it's very mysterious as to what kind of Star Wars holiday special-esque type stuff we're going to get. And now for a special treat, the first time on this happy podcast, Paul is going to sing us one of those cantina songs. Paul? (laughs) I didn't know I'd be, uh, you know. Take all the time you need. You're not ready for these dulcet tones. We really, we really aren't. uh, Yeah. uh, (laughs) I don't know. You don't have to sing, Paul. Paul, Paul, that was a joke. You don't actually have to do it. All right, ready? Ula Shuka. (laughs) That's the name of one of the songs I'm supposed to sing. Ula Shuka. What language is that? I I don't know. Whatever whatever language they sing, but there's the 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 Bantha Chai or the Lothal Spice Brew or the Moss Eisley Cantina Cupcakes. I have a recipe for it. So um, so yeah, this is the for you know your specials for a cantina holiday party. Does it count down to Christmas or Life Day? (laughs) Well, whatever whatever is on the 24th of December uh that uh <laughs> so if listen we're, we're we're very ecumenical here so for me i celebrate christmas eve on the 24th but 
if Life Day is what you celebrate on the 24th or Festivus or whatever, yeah, I was about to say Festivus. then you know what? Let that be it. But for me, I'm celebrating Christmas by the 24th, but it is counting down for that. It's kind of fun. Um, but I love the fact that they've that Disney has leaned into uh, number one, they've leaned into the, the holiday special, like as kind of like a tongue in cheek kind of, in, you know, and I and I, I appreciate it. It's not like this is the best thing ever, but they're also not hiding it like we did for many years. Oh, it's so uh, bad. It's good territory. It's the so bad. It's so good territory. Yeah. And it's actually kind of endearing. Um, and so I like that they that Disney's leaned into it and is kind of really kind of providing holiday content that that fits that so that's been fun sarah and i kind of go to eat go to the calendar each day and we're all like Ooh, what are we gonna get what are we gonna get today so that's awesome yeah <laughs> is so there is there isn't in the holiday special at least a five minute segment of wookie talk without any yeah. <laughs> subtitles oh, i yes. hope that's represented in this advent calendar that's actually near the beginning of the of the holiday special so like that's like one of the first things you do. Like it was funny. I was actually watching it the other day. I, there was a riff tracks version of it that I was watching and uh, it was painful, even with the riff track stuff <laughs> going on in the background. I'm like, really seriously, how, how is this help anyway? So. Oh, glorious. I hope they make a sequel. It's a good thing that that show is not canon because in the end, it ultimately paints Chewbacca as a deadbeat dad <laughs> and a terrible husband. It does. That's true. That, yeah. that, that's just sad. <laughs> nobody wants nobody nope. wants to make up nope. Chewie that's, that way. I don't want my Christmas tainted with uh, with a deadbeat dad, Chewie. No, no, no. No, no. He is 250 years of pure bachelor. Mm. Oh, so you so so in canon. Actually, yeah, I guess in canon, they really don't actually talk about the family there. He, I mean, they no, talk not about the all. tribe, but the, not the sisters or the family. He's a lone wolf until he meets Han Solo. That's right. Yeah, that's true. So um, I'm going to make a random transition into my favorite uh, or my, my happy, uh, what's making me happy this week. Um, and you're going to think I'm completely weird for this. But it's a Disney Channel yearly now yearly special called the Disney's Holiday Magic Quest, which is starring the stars from Zombies One and Two, which is a Disney Channel series, which is essentially High School the Musical with zombies. Um, now I'm not a fan of that series, but it's on 45 times a year in my house because my kids fell in love with it. And thus, when the Holiday Quest was debuted last year, um, my son Liam just fell in love with it because it gave a series of challenges to four cast members of zombies inside the Magic Kingdom at Walt Disney World. They had to accomplish certain things. They had to carry water while they were riding the Seven Dwarves Mine Train and then fill up a tank when they got to the end of it. Um, so they, they would ride the, ride the ride several times, ride the attraction several times, and then come off, run, and use whatever water they had left to try to fill up the tank. And then they came back for a sequel this year, this time in Hollywood Studios. And they used Galaxy's Edge, and they used Toy Story Land. And one of the things for the first time 
I feel like since Galaxy Ed- Galaxy's Edge debuted at the Disney Parks in America, is there was actually a sense of adventure conveyed inside that section of the parks. Um, one of the main criticisms of Galaxy's Edge is that it kind of feels like you're visiting a shopping mall in Star Wars. But here, the adventure turned turned it into a game where Kylo Ren and the stormtroopers were hunting for two of the cast members and they had to accomplish several different goals inside Galaxy's Edge. So there was a sense of we've got to evade the stormtroopers, we've got to evade Kylo Ren's uh, interrogation, we're going to hide over by the Millennium Falcon, we're going to go hide in the middle of this area where where there's a bunch of uh, you know a bunch of shops there was really like a sense of story throughout that part of the, of the land that I don't think has been conveyed um, particularly well, that sense of adventure. And it made me want to, to lobby the Disney parks to maybe even rent um, that section at certain times of the day, maybe afterward where people have to accomplish certain goals and actually get chased by the first order troops and Kylo Ren. Um, That's what people want when they think about star Wars and the adventures there is they want to feel like they're part of the adventure. I know that's kind of coming with the, the galactic galactic star cruiser. Uh, Yeah. If you've seen some of the recent promo videos that are no longer on the internet, maybe that's not coming, but do yourself a favor, check out, this this special it's on disney plus now i believe and it's still on some of your cable um cable dvrs it's disney's holiday magic quest you'll actually get to see that there's a sense of adventure inside the parks um and you'd wish that you had a park to yourself as well john how about you super cool and i was today years old when i heard about zombies so um cool part one and part two cool that it exists for the people that like it um musical zombies musical zombies in your life um geez how do i follow that up difficult one for me um especially since last week i talked so much about encanto which was fantastic and when nicole and i were uh were at uh our local mall um not going to see the movie again although i would have we did stop by the movie theater to get popcorn only shamelessly which was wonderful. And I saw more people filtering in to uh, see Encanto, um, you know, dressed up and excited, which was really nice. But for me, um, I don't know why, but I've been having a heck of a time trying to get into sort of the Christmas holiday spirit lately, um, despite the uh, wonderful Santa Yoda hat I wore last week. Um, Just been very busy and hard to really plug in. And so when it came out, uh, I guess this was now last week a week and a half ago uh the candlelight processional video you know came out and it's one of the things i do every year i've never seen it in person but when the video comes out i watch it as soon as it does and that's like my kickoff to the season which is wonderful i don't usually listen to christmas music before that like boom i go right in and it's you know we talked about this a little bit in the last two shows it's weird it's hokey it's wonderful uh, you know, deeply religious and moving, um, but also not done in a sort of a proselytizing way. But it really, it, it was, 
Ayuli Cravalho, the voice of Moana, narrating it. She did a beautiful job. And so um, it was just a, it was good for me. I needed that sort of centering into the sort of the Christmassy spirit. And um, one of my dreams someday is to do Disney, uh, to do like a weekend uh, in the, around Christmas in the Wilderness Lodge, which is quite the dream. It's very expensive. And then see the candlelight processional in real life. And if I can't do that now, um, I, I will enjoy uh, listening to it and then seeing the pictures from it returning to Disneyland. And so um, this year, I find myself getting just sort of weirdly emotional at the weird, at the strangest things. I remember watching the tree lighting at Rockefeller Center live uh, a couple of days ago and, and seeing that happening again, seeing how excited some crowds were. It's nothing, something I'd never go see in person, but seeing it back again was so wonderfully reassuring. And so seeing the candlelight processional, the festival of the holidays, people enjoying themselves and being merry in this really challenging, difficult world. Uh, it reminds me what Disney is all about and what, what we're all about. So it was, it was nice. It was just a nice little reminder. And it's short too, so that helps. That's terrific. Yeah. We all need to get into the various holiday spirits right now. Um, and I think, and, you're, uh, yeah, you've, you've addressed the point that I think that during the holidays, you know, there is the song, it's the most wonderful time of the year, but it, it also can be, uh, we have to acknowledge that this is a very heavy time of year for many people. Um, and, and even people who've been in past years have, you know, really dived into it that this year may not be. Uh, and, you know, it, it, it can be, we have to always be mindful that that's something that's, uh, that's there. And so if there are these little snippets of, of joy that can be found, you don't, it doesn't have to be over the top. So I'm glad that you found that. Yeah. It, it, you know, you don't need to have the whole world, like all of a sudden you're like, you know, like Ebenezer Scrooge on Christmas morning, you know, like everything's different. Now every, you're just, you're jumping through the streets. You don't have to, if you have that one little moment uh, and it just makes you, it makes you smile, makes your, makes, you know, makes you just chuckle or whatever. I think that's good. And yeah, it was orienting for me. It, it centered me back into like, you know, this, you know, it's been a challenging year for all of us, but it centered me into that this really, you know, can be and should be the most wonderful time of the year. And, and Nicole and I do a lot to make sure we keep that uh, sacred and we make, we make time for each other, for, for traditions that honor our past and, and that we can build together. And so uh, it, I listened to it at the top of the season and it, it, it just reoriented me in, you know, to look sort of, to look for the source of my joy you know, our, and that, that we're good, you know, like that, that, that joy is still there uh, amidst all of the, the trials and, and turmoil. So uh, it's just amazing that what, taking even the spiritual aspect out of it, what Disney can do for that. That's, I mean, that's why we do this podcast, sort of like there's so much, so much joy and positive orientation that can come from these wonderful stories, these incredible parks. Absolutely. Thanks, John. That's, uh, that's a great reminder. Now let's get into the main topic and let's make Paul very uncomfortable, pointing out that he has to go first in naming his absolute favorite keepsake from a Disney park experience. And no ranked choice voting, Paul. I want in order, first, second, 
no pressure. You have to, you have Understood. to say which of your children is your favorite. Yep. And right now. What, what, for those of you who are listening, you may not know the reason they're giving me a hard time is because I'm kind of, I'm known for having a lot of Disney memorabilia and stuff around the house that evokes many memories that uh, I've collected since I was a kid that's been handed on to me uh, that I, um, uh, that I've acquired in different various Disney trips. So there's a lot of stuff and I'm uh, what many of you who are listening may not always see is that I often bring show and tell to these podcasts and I often have some of those things with me uh, alongside just because um, I'm, I, there's something about the tangibility of it all. So that's why they're giving me a hard time. Um, I did actually, I did indeed. I was like looking around, my my wife was wondering like, why are you like wandering in circles around all of our Disney stuff? And I'm like, because I'm trying to find the thing. Um so I, you know, I, again, I'll, 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 I'm going to give one. I I've got one. I've actually got one and then I've got another, I've got a, I've got a second one and one of them is my childhood and one of them is my adult. And I think I want to share that also because my love for Disney, I've, I've been a Disney kid, but I'm also a Disney adult. And so there's things on both sides. We will allow that. Thank you. Thank you. Your I, I will not allow that. Um, well, since this is a, uh, a, a democracy, uh, John uh, and I would outrank you right now because there's two to one. So is that a, you're going to come up with something snarky to say on that, aren't you? No, I'm just going to bite my tongue. Oh, and you're say, I that. hate you guys. I hate you guys on this happy <laughs> podcast. This really isn't the happiest this time. Angry of year, podcast. This angry podcast has returned. All right. So. When I was a kid, one of the things that I would do um, uh, is, so we went to Disney several times and I was like, I think I was two, four and six. And then we stopped uh, for a little bit. And so I had souvenirs that I had gotten as a kid when I was two, when I was four and when I was six. And for the remainder of my childhood, when we didn't go as often as we did when, we, when I was really young, I had all these Disney souvenirs that would allow me to kind of whisk myself back there. Um, I'm a map guy, um, so random thing. I love, I love maps. I've got a globe behind me. Um, I've got maps up around here. Maps are sometimes cool. When, when, when yeah, there you go. So John is showing me his maps uh, that he's got in his place. So like, it actually, when I'm in the car, uh, Sarah often drives and I'm the navigator because I love the map. Um, now, of course, I use my digital map and my, my phone now as opposed to, but if, you know, I, like if it was like 25 years ago, I'd be the guy with the giant atlas in the second, you know, I love maps. So when I was a kid, I had, we bought these maps that were huge. They were, they sold them at Disney. They were, um, I, I didn't even do the measurements, but they, they, they take up like, um, they're like bigger than poster size and they had these maps, they folded up, um, and you would buy them. And I think this one, I think I still have the price tag for 75 cents was this one from the magic kingdom. Um, but this is a, this is a master find. This is fantastic. And I would, what I would do is I would unfold these maps, uh, on the floor in my bedroom. And I would like, 
like so i could just unfold it and it would you know as a child of course i mean this this map is big now it was even bigger when i was younger and smaller <laughs> and so i would pull the map and put it on the floor and you know um i also had i don't have it with me anymore it probably would be one of those things i had the view master um and um so what i would do is i'd have that on the floor i'd have the view master of all the disney park icons and things like and they were very 3d so i could feel like i was escaping into it um so and one of the ones that i got um so i i'm showing off in uh, right here the one for the magic kingdom but my really the one that is the the one that i really is is hanging up in the other room is my epcot one um it's such a collector's item that it was actually the Epcot 1982 map. So it is the first map ever created by, by Epcot. So it is the first. Um, it has um, uh, Equatorial Africa coming soon uh, as one of the lands in the uh, World Showcase. Um, so we have it hanging up. It's this beautiful orange, because uh, when orange was a popular color, uh, border and stuff like that. But I would open it up and just imagine myself in Epcot again, wandering around all the different pavilions. And I could feel, you know, I could kind of, I even would like draw myself, like I wouldn't draw on the map, but I would draw like that would inspire me to draw things because they'd have, because the maps they had have, they, they, they actually have, um, cartoon type images on the map. It's not like a true on map. It's got images. So that map now hangs prominently in my in my living room. Um, it's the oddest thing. Some people have their family pictures in their living room. Some people have, we have a map of Epcot Center in the middle of our living room. So, um, but that is a very, that to me is that very special. That is a family member. It is a family member for me. Yeah. So, and I think, and I still treasure it. Number one, I treasure it now. I think, I don't think I realized it was the original Epcot map when I first got it. I mean, cause I didn't have a sense of that history when I was younger, it was just a really cool map and it was gigantic. Um, but now as I look back, I'm like, oh, this is like, like it's almost like in, in like national treasure, you're like holding the declaration of independence. You're like, oh, wow, I'm holding it. It's, this is, this is, this is important. Uh, so it's a very, it's a collector's item, um, but it also has, it's wrapped in memory. So I remember myself on the floor doing that. Um, so that's my memory as a kid. And the only other thing in the house um, I do have with me um, is this gigantic um, Mickey Mouse plush. Um, and the reason is, I mean, yeah, of course, Mickey Mouse plushes, but this thing is like, his head is bigger than my head, um, and which is pretty awesome. Um, but it was a gift from um, my wife, Sarah, on my 40th birthday, um, we returned back. She had arranged with the Disney people to put a, the giant Mickey in the room with a giant Pluto and footprints all over. Uh, they, had, they had edible dog treats and they had all kinds of other things. And, and they, the, the, she had the Disney decorators do the whole hotel room up. So when we got back from our day at the park, what was waiting for me was this whole room that it was full of stuff um, that she had ordered. Uh, and that people had placed there. And um, it was it was just, a, it was a, first of all, it was a very wonderful surprise for my 40th birthday, again, as an adult. Yeah, as an adult, a giant plush Mickey Mouse, here I am through the airport, like holding this thing. I'm like, where'd you get that for my 40th birthday? <laughs> I'm, I'm an adult, what's it to you, you know? 
but um but now that again that that mickey actually sits in our in our bedroom um <laughs> in a rocking chair in the corner <laughs> it's kind of you know judging still you. there judging me <laughs> um but it's uh yeah no it's it's one of those things that uh as an adult then um, and it's been beautiful because my wife and I have gone to the parks many times. So for her to have surprised me like that on my 40th birthday uh, is a very special memory for me. And um, and so that that big Mickey uh, is is awesome. And I just remember also then having to cart that thing through uh, the airport, through the 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 the, the taxi or the uber or the magic i forget what we took back but anyway we were we were on disney transportation with this giant thing that only the kids and then this one random 40 year old dudes carrying around you know like not creepy or anything like that but so it has some memories to that as well and um so anyway that's that's some of the stories and some of the mementos and believe me there's many others but i narrowed it down to those two how old is that magic kingdom map uh this one here is copyright 1987 so um i must have gotten it on uh on a subsequent trip or whatever so uh, so at that point the magic kingdom was about 16 years old yeah so it's not this the magic kingdom one is not original uh like the, the epcot one definitely was so i must have gotten the epcot one first and then we went next time we went we got the magic kingdom one i probably got this in 1989 or something like that when we went but 89 then did they have one for hollywood studios or no no i think this was at the end of doing these things that that then they thought oh why people why would people spend 75 cents on, on a gigantic map when we can give these things out free um and be and cheap paper or whatever or cheap you know glossy paper that you buy you know but this was kind of a collector's piece you know and you really i mean it's huge i loved it it's beautiful yeah, yeah. it's stunning yeah I mean, it's right now just folded up as I'm showing it to people. It's 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 uh, it's folded up, but it. it he's it, wearing gloves. He's taking all the protective, you know, the protective measures he's supposed this to. This one is a fine. This is 87 map, but the 82 Epcot map, that one is more like the Declaration of Independence. As soon as you were saying that, I did immediately think, oh, my God, I, I would be so nervous around that thing because I wouldn't want anything to happen to it. That's why we hung it up. We're like, uh, this thing shouldn't be in a corner. We should be dis proudly displaying this. So I, I support on, it. Have you looked up on eBay how much it might be worth? I have not. I I don't think there, I think there's actually a decent number of them in circulation. So I don't think that there is rare, um, but it is. But it means something to you. It means a lot to me. Yeah. Cause I, I it, it, again, it wasn't until I was adult later that I realized that I went there during the Epcot's first year of operation um, I also went to Hollywood Studios during their first year of operation. So like, those are some things. But again, back then as a kid, you just went because that's what you did. And then you step back and you went, oh, what year did we go? And you're talking to your parents. You're like, oh, that was like the first year. So like, it was really cool. So when Epcot celebrates uh, its uh, 40th next year, um, believe me, I'm going to be all over that. Um, and then when it celebrates its 50th, well, maybe I'll even be living down there by that time. <laughs> no, I think all three. Yeah, we need to be there for that. That's a, that would be a big, big deal. Hopefully no pandemic. <laughs> all right. I've I've suffered enough. You've tortured me enough. I think it's time for me to torture you now of what your things are, unless you have any other questions. But I think no, I'm... no, no, I, I'm done torturing you and I'm Thank happy you. to share. No, yeah, yeah, Paul, we're letting you off the hook. It's Matt's turn. Good job, though. Thanks, man. So I've got two. 
one one is what if one is one a and and one is one is just a a, a recent sentimental uh memento um so one a is the shirt i'm wearing this long sleeve classic disneyland font t-shirt that i got toward the tail end of my visit to disneyland with my wife who i was not quite engaged to at that time dating and having an absolute blast throughout the day at Walt's original Magic Kingdom. And I was realizing I was actually getting kind of cold in Southern California. Um, the sun goes down, there's no humidity, and I wanted a memento. So we started scrambling around the park. We couldn't find anything anywhere with long sleeves. But we wound up on Main Street at the Emporium, I think. Um, and after a bunch of scurrying around, found this really great Disneyland t-shirt. It's got the old Disneyland classic font. It's got Mickey Mouse. And now you would never be able to tell, but there's a castle in the background. There's, there's the Sleeping Beauty castle in the background. And when there's light on it in the dark, you can actually see the castle. Um, it's just... Every time I see a picture of my wife and I with Minnie Mouse, I think of that moment and that that realization that I had my someone with me and we were about to begin a, a lifetime journey together. Within the next year, we were married. And the, the idea that like, like, I'll say this and I'll sound like the most sentimental person in the world. The idea that somebody else loves you still can be a foreign concept and can absolutely gobsmack uh, you. And that, that's the case for me. And I, I look back at the picture that was taken by a cast member of myself, Minnie Mouse, Cassandra, my wife, and the Sleeping Beauty castle in the background. And this t-shirt has lasted now more than a decade. And it's starting to rip in certain places. I don't know if that's age or just absolutely me wearing it till it's, it's bitter end. Um, so I'm starting to see holes and I'm, I'm not ready to let go. So that's my favorite memento that I personally got at a Disney park. My second one, I'll say this was actually a gift from Paul recently during, from one of his trips, he brought back as we had begun this podcast journey um, a pin with the three caballeros from the Mexico pavilion. So I really, really love this as a, um, as a memento of this podcast and, uh, and our friendship. So I'll say that. No zapping you this time, Paul. Between oh, the two of you, you both picked two similar things to mine. Matt, you straight up picked my, the, the pin but I did it. I did it. I did a good thing and a bad thing at the same time. No, that's beautiful. That's absolutely. It, this is why I love this podcast because we get to talk about these very real, deeply sentimental, impactful moments through the prism of Disney. So thank you for sharing that, that story. And I implore you when that shirt finally does uh, reach the end of its days, 
do not throw it out. Nicole and I have like a, a little bin, small little bin of, of memory clothes that when they reach the end, get, get put away because they're just too sentimental. And uh, it also sounds like for, uh, for any family members, benefactors, people listening, Matt needs another trip. He, gotta, he has to get himself a new shirt. Another, he's got to get another shirt. <laughs> you want this man to have no shirt? He needs another shirt. We need a Kickstarter campaign to get Matt to uh, get Matt a new shirt. There'll be there'll be social media comments to just say, "Have you heard of ShopDisney.com?" <laughs> it's no, you know no, though no, it's, it's not the it's same. It's not the same. Nope. It's no no because there's something. You know, Matt, you were talking about the fact that you went into the Emporium there on Main Street. John and I have been in that Emporium. We know exactly what that is. And by the way, I found some really good stuff in that shop. Uh, that's always a good stop on your way. You're like, oh, hey, look at that. So, um, and there's something unique, and even with the story of you finding it um, and, and not being able to find it for a while. Because then when you come upon it, it's like, it, it's like, it's, oh, thank God I found it. And it, it, it's like, number one, it's warming me up, which is good because it's getting cold. Um, and, you know, uh, and then, of course, you have the memory, not just of that you and Cassandra were on the trip, but that you were both in scurrying to find it together. You were on a hunt together. And, you know, that itself is a story. And yeah. that makes the, the, the long sleeve T-shirt sweatshirt thing you've got you know, pretty awesome. And by the way, when you're done, when, when John said, when you, when it gets too old, you can then put it up in your living room and frame it. <laughs> yep. And creep out everyone who comes in going, most people have family pictures. You've got a shirt on your wall. Or do that t-shirt quilt. Can a t-shirt quilt. Yeah, so I have all my college shirts, t-shirt quilt. Next podcast, the quilting episode. Oh, How excellent. To- <laughs> done. Matt, you don't even need to, on the outro, we have our topic. You're good. You're there. That's good. <laughs> Sorry, 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 John. You were gonna. Oh, Matt, go ahead. I'm um, next. Is that? Is that? Yeah, no, I'll, 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 we should let Matt respond. He, he uh, <laughs> yeah, we we pour, we pour, we laid it on him. Quickly. We laid it on him. As, you have that? as much as I, my wife would listen to this podcast and say, "Oh, you're such a sap. You're such a <laughs> schmoopy, schmoopy, schmoopy dude." Uh, she would also, at the same breath, say, "In the same breath, say, you're not hanging that T-shirt up in the living room." <laughs> sorry for giving him the idea there's not a chance in the place where mr toad's wild ride ends that that (laughs) t-shirt's going up in the living room okay well what about like the den the study the whatever maybe in the next house maybe in the next house okay as i uh sandra hates us right now (laughs) she's like she's like throwing the whatever she's sorry listening to she's like, no. this happy podcast wives group chat's going to blow up when this uh <laughs> you, you might hear the garbage disposal run in a second uh-oh oh no <laughs> john oh. bail me out all right all right okay well so actually you bailed me out matt because and paul because i we all piled on paul but paul i've got a confession i could not come up with my memento i had like five or six in mind um that i could not land uh matt i had my disneyland uh long sleeve crew neck sweatshirt that nicole got for me because uh we went during the i believe on record coldest uh most rainfall period of time in southern california in five years when we were in disneyland um uh to the point where everyone was telling me to go home because i probably brought 
that weather with me from the Northeast. Um, so I was thinking about that. I was thinking about Paul, the maps. Uh, you know, you and I have always had had, the, had a, a real enjoyment of the Disney maps, but I, I get one of every park I've been to that trip so that I can see how it has changed. And it really is a special thing. And um, my siblings would always accompany me to get them, you know, um, whether it was in the resort lobby or going from park to park, make sure that I had one. Uh, or the pressed pennies I was thinking about, um, but uh, your the three caballeros pin was was up there. But thank you for the process of elimination because I have my two. The first, it is in a, a safekeeping right now um, in my Disney mementos box is the uh, walk in Walt's footsteps pin that they give you at Disneyland after you take the walk in Walt's footsteps tour, which uh, for those of you that don't know, in Disneyland, there's a tour where you can go. Um, it's a special tour where, where uh, you have to pay extra. They take you uh, along Walt's favorite rides and attractions and uh, the narration helps you with his, you know, see his stamp on the park. Um, and you culminate that with a private tour of Walt's apartment in the firehouse. And you get to take a picture by the light that never goes out. That's always illuminated in Disneyland. Um, that is only ever swapped out through. And we're, we've been told it is where we were told it's a quite an extensive process to make sure that light is literally always on only swapped out with a Christmas tree uh, around the Christmas season. Um, and you, you get to, you get to take a picture and the apartment is kept, kept as it was. Uh, and then you get this pin um, and it's got uh, Walt's image on it and the image of Disneyland uh, at opening day with, uh, and it opens up with the opening, the uh, opening narration from Walt uh, christening the park. And we got to listen to that on the tour at the flagpole, uh, right in adjacent to the flagpole where he officially opened up Disneyland. And so I think of uh, many, many things. Uh, first, uh, I've said this before on this podcast, I will say it again. For the love of all that is Disney, go to Disneyland if you're a Disney fan. Disney World is absolutely remarkable in every way, but there is, there is something inherently magical and special about Disneyland because it is the park that Walt, only park that Walt saw. And so you really feel that on this tour and this pin reminds me of that. But more than anything, it reminds me of my wife's persistence because uh, we were at Disneyland and this was a, this was hopefully not a once in a lifetime trip, but it certainly felt like that at the time. And I, I happened to see that they, this tour was running and it was going to work out timing wise, but I saw that it cost a little bit of money. So I remember texting my wife saying, there's no way I'm not doing it. And she called and in the strongest possible terms admonished me. She was at a conference, please. I'm at a conference all day. If you come to Disneyland and don't go into Walt's apartment, which you've cried in front of every day you've come into the park, you're crazy. And she, she forced is not the appropriate word, but made sure that I did not get in my own way. And it is to this day, my best, most incredible, uh, deeply emotional Disney experience when I've been by myself. So that's number one. Um, for sure, that's that's number one. And number two, um, which I mentioned before, is is going to be um, the maps that they give you in in the front. 
I have um, my original maps from my very first trip to Disney and, and Animal Kingdom's opening year um, and the Millennium Celebration all the way to the last time that I went. And I don't know what it is about the maps. I don't know why it hits me the way that it does. But if I really ever wanted to lose myself um, in a particular trip, the maps from that trip will activate those memories that are locked away. And so, you know, from Disneyland, I can remember Nicole falling asleep on my shoulder watching Fantasmic, um, you know, because it, the jet lag was so intense uh, uh, because we, we had been all over the world. We had just come back from our honeymoon. Uh, and then waking up uh, before the show, watching the show and going, I want to go on Indiana Jones and giggling with delight as we were in the front row and did it. I can remember uh, being terrified to go on Big Thunder Mountain and my uncle Rich uh, and my cousin Mike saying like, let's go do this. It's going to be okay. And you could see how the parks have evolved and how your memories have evolved. And for me, that's just so special. So like, uh, if I'm running out of, of the, you know, let's say there's a fire and you can only grab two Disney memories. I'm grabbing that pin and I'm grabbing my stack of maps. Obviously the marriage license, the dog, et cetera, et cetera. That goes without saying, but yeah. So that's it for me. It's not, you know, Hard don't forget the that. wife. Don't, don't forget to take the wife with too. me. She's probably dragging me out there. Let's be honest. She's the okay, one that. Hey, I was a little worried there for a second. I was like, Oh no, she's. <laughs> no, she's the one pulling me out. Like she's the, like she forced me to go on that uh the tour. Uh, you know it's. So yeah, I mean, I think of all those, all of those happy memories, all of the wonderful times I've, you know, I've been with my family, the incredible life changing trip I took to Disneyland with my wife. It just, you know, it just it's a trip down memory lane and, and it's a special one at that. So no, I know a little bit lame compared to you guys. You both had excellent, excellent job. It was hard act to follow excellent choices, but uh, yeah, that's what's special to me. Well, what I, what I appreciate is that all of us chose, we could think of just one. We, we, we had a, we had a one and a two. And uh, I think that that kind of speaks to the fact that um, we like to surround ourselves with things. I mean, uh, these things that, you know, you think, you know, first of all, sometimes they're overpriced souvenirs. Uh, sometimes you're like, should I, shouldn't I? I don't know. Uh, sometimes you get the pin at the end of a very, uh, for free, although for free, or you paid a very expensive <laughs> trip, but you know, you, 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 you have these things, but it's, it's not so much the thing, but it's the story that they evoke. They're the memory that it takes you back to. It's the fact that when you look at it, like, you know, John, I want to say, we got to get into a time machine and you and I both now will go back to when I was a kid and we'll hang out with my kid, with, with the young version of me sprawled out with the maps in the room. We could totally like, you know, imagine where things are at. Um, and I could then take you on a tour of the 1980s, which you haven't been to yet. Um, <laughs> sorry, there's no comment. We're, we're all gonna, we're gonna just remind John how, how young he is. Um, but yeah, I'll show you that. Um, so yeah, no, I think it's great that we had a couple. Um, and uh, you know, I, I actually had a bunch of runners up right here, but I decided not to, you know, it's fine. <laughs> um, we'll save that for, you know, podcast number 702. Uh, the kind of good, but not your favorite 
you know, memorabilia. We'll do that episode live from the Emporium at Disneyland so Mac could get himself a new shirt. Oh, yeah. I'm 100% on board with that that plan. Um, I, you know, Paul, you were you hit the nail on the head. I think like as much as we're talking about the things that we cherish, um, all of us circled back to the people that we love and that love us that were instrumental in those memories happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a, I think a long way of saying cherish the people in your life that love you and uh, make sure to put some love out in the world as well. Um, everybody's bringing something to this world and has a incredible dignity. Um, guys, this was a, I think what would, could best be described as a very sentimental episode. Perfect for the holiday season. Yeah, we really huh? did some work today. I know. Wow, we're being all sentimental at the holiday. It's like we're our own Hallmark special for Christmas. Dude, if they make a, ho- uh, a Hallmark movie on our podcast, <laughs> I would playing? be so on board with that. <laughs> but who's playing us? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't well, I think... go. Let's not go down that path. <laughs> yeah, as long as Aunt Becky doesn't play one of our wives. <laughs> Maybe maybe Candace Cameron Bure could be one of our wives in the Didn't movie. She play everything, and I mean, I, I feel like this, is she contractually obligated to be in every Hallmark movie. Yep, yep. It'll be either Candace Cameron Bure, Aunt Becky, or uh, Melissa Joan Hart. Yeah, that's right. Mm. Great all Sirius right. XM radio channel. So uh, now all our listeners know that uh, my spare time is not actually spent thinking about Disney; it's about Hallmark movies. <laughs> And on that note, Matt, why don't you take us home? Well, everybody, thanks so much for listening. Please, if you haven't already, subscribe. We're on Spotify, Apple, Pandora, iHeart, Google, TuneIn, any major audio platform. Click subscribe, share with your friends, comment on our social media, our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, Thanks so much for joining us for this conversation. And guys, I really enjoyed this conversation. Uh, We can't wait to uh, get back to this next week. Everybody, we will see you real soon. 